This is episode 8 of the Soul of Sensitivity podcast. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for help from a licensed physician or mental health practitioner. I'm your host, Anna Holden, an intuitive, energy alchemist, Ayurvedic health educator, and yoga teacher, as well as the founder of Sensitivity Uncensored and the Sacred Rebellion. Each week on the podcast, I explore different aspects of living a soulful, sensitive life. I'll bring you stories of other sensitive, creative pioneers, as well as my own thoughts, teachings, and tools. This is not the beginner's guide to sensitivity, but rather the place for sensitive souls to gather up their courage and pioneer their way into a life of personal freedom and spiritual sovereignty. Your sensitivity is sacred. Are you ready to live that way? Hi everyone, it's Anna, and you've just got me today, Um, and that's for a variety of reasons. One of them is that I've been doing quite a bit of travel recently and wasn't able to get an interview for this week, but also it's because I've got some stuff that I want to talk about just with you, and I want to put it out there right away that I'm going to do this imperfectly. I know that. But these things that I have to talk about feel really important. And there's a part of me that wants to stay safe by staying silent. But it feels more important to me right now to have this conversation out in the open um, with potential backlash and potential criticism and being called out for doing something wrong, which I'm totally open to being called out, Um, that feels more important than me staying safe. And this has already been coming up for me. If you've been following my Instagram feed, I've been putting out these posts about spiritual myths and the way that this current new age spirituality is harmful and harmful in the ways that it has been colonized and whitewashed and kind of picked and chosen and stolen in order to serve white people and particularly white women. And I talked a bit about this with Abigail Rose Clark um, in a previous episode. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, that might be a helpful primer for this. And Part of, so I should say that 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 has been coming through me already, and I've had been having a lot of conversations about this. And then yesterday, I had the incredible opportunity to, well, I flew down to Petaluma, California, and got to do a imagination branding shoot with In Her Image Photography, And if you haven't seen In Her Image Photography, you should really look them up. I believe it's inherimage.com. And they do these imagination sessions that allow you to 
become the essence of you and become the essence of your work. And while the photo shoot, it was so much fun. There's so many things that I could say about it. Um, while it was really, really fun and just a magical experience, it really helped me with the process of distilling down my service to my work and really getting in not just the mindset but also the kind of energy uh, framework, energetic vibration for, for how I'm showing up in 2018 and how my work is shifting. And before I did the shoot, I spent quite a bit of time um, doing a lot of, of soul work, of communicating with my soul, of getting prepared in that way so that I wasn't missing anything. And the more that I did this work, the more I realized um, that I was being asked to do things that were really scary to me. Um, I've never been one to really speak out, and that might be surprising um, <clears throat> to some of you who have been following my stuff, but um, I, I haven't ever been one to speak out. Um, the rule in my family was that you kept quiet and you were a good girl and all of that. So. That's kind of the back story to say that I want to talk about some subjects that are going to challenge the uh, traditional conversations and the dialogue that is currently happening in spiritual communities, particularly spiritual communities run by white women. Um, there's a lot going on in the world, and as I'm recording this, um, the school shooting in Florida has just happened and there's a lot of conversation on, um, you know, on the news and on Facebook and social media. And I'm really tired of uh, spiritual leaders putting out thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Because thoughts and prayers aren't enough. They're not enough anymore. Love and light is not enough. Never really has been but we've just pretended for too long that it is. And, and really what it is, is a way that we spiritually bypass situations on earth. So those of you listening, I imagine if you're listening, you probably have an understanding of what spiritually, spiritual bypassing is. But basically, it's, it's when we use or apply spiritual principles to on-the-ground problems in order really to avoid them. Right? So, so we look at something that um, has real-world world implications, that requires policy change, that requires thought change, that requires on-the-ground systematic changes. And instead of addressing those, we, we meditate on them only. And we pray about them only. And, and we say that, that you know, anyone who is asking for more or who is angry is, you know, being a low vibration and, you know, should really get their shit together, which um, is really, really damaging. And spiritual bypassing kind of comes from this inherent belief that there are subjects and problems that have more spiritual, quote unquote, and less spiritual uh, ways of addressing them. 
okay? And, and generally, things that are on the ground, things that are more human-based, things that are physical-based are deemed less spiritual. And things like energy or, you know, meditation and prayers are deemed more spiritual. And I think where, and I would love for any of you who know more about this to email me, um, if I'm wrong, but where I see that this comes from is a real focus from you know a lot of Eastern traditions that have been Westernized, um, and and some Eastern traditions in general, there tends to be a really large focus on liberation, so on kind of transcending the human realm in order to reach a more enlightened state, in order to um, feel our oneness with everything that's out there. And that, I mean, that's great. Like that, if that is your goal, you know, to experience that, that's fantastic. You can have that as a goal. But there's also this world and you are in this body. And you are here because you're human, right? You are are here to have a human experience. And so if if your only goal and if your only focus is to be enlightened, and you're living in a household, meaning you're, you're part of society, then that is a problem. Because, <laughs> and I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek, tongue but it's not like, if, you, if you're trying to transcend your body all the time, then why did you come for a body? Why are you here if you're just trying to get out? So there's been this big focus on transcendence. So let's talk about this human energy system for a minute to break it down. So I work a lot with the aura and the chakra system. Um, And so the chakras, right, are these, I'm sure you you who are following me know this, but I'll, I'll go over it quickly, are these energy centers that line up, up and down the spine. Um, first chakra at the bottom, seventh chakra at the top, and there are more, but we're not going to cover them here. And basically, the lower chakras are said to be a bit denser. They, they vibrate at a lower vibration. Lower does not mean a worser. <laughs> I know that's not a word. A worse vibration, right? Just a lower vibration. Um, and they are more interested, or sorry, they, they govern more of the dense human things on earth. So first chakra is re- related to family and survival. How do we get our, you know, our physiological needs met? Are we warm? Are we housed? Are we safe? Right? Second chakra is how we you know, relate to people, um, our emotions, our emotions in our body. Uh, very basically, the second chakra does more. The third chakra is you know, who we are, or, or really who we think we are the stories that we tell ourselves about who we are, really gathered from outside information a lot of the time, right? And how we kind of fit in our place uh, on the earth. You know, and then the fourth chakra is kind of this bridge between the, the lower chakras and the upper because it, you know, it's our heart space. And it is, I mean, I believe it to be the place of our divinity. And it also has to do with our ability to give and receive affection, The fifth chakra has to do more with truth and expression, so it's a little bit more subtle. The sixth chakra has to do with intuition, perception, how we perceive the world, 
also the knowledge we gather about the world. And then the seventh chakra, you know, is our, is our, um, our knowingness and our ability to be connected to spirit. Right. And so, again, there tends to be this emphasis on and I should say, too, that these chakras are connected by channels, one moving upward. So kind of the transcendence channel um, where we're interested in, you know, like I said, kind of transcending the denser human things. And then the what I call the grounding channel, which is down and in. So how we take our spiritual information, our perception of the world, and we ground it in our bodies, in our experiences, and in how we live, and how we walk through life, literally walk in our bodies, right? And if you remember the, if you listen to the podcast with Suki Baxter, I think it was episode two, we talk about that, like how do you take up space in your body? And this is, this is basically embodiment, this idea of the grounding channel. And, and if you've worked with me at all, you know that this is the channel that I really emphasize for highly sensitive people because our natural tendency is, we have this brilliant natural tendency to be in our upper chakras. That's where we just tend to hang out, right, as a, as a, as a goal. Not as a goal, rather, but that's just where we like to be. We are in inspiration. We're in creativity. We're in um, our intuitive space a lot. And, and as a lot of you highly sensitive people know, when you are there all the time without grounding, it feels, it can feel really tumultuous, right? Because this is where our thoughts get spinning. This is where, um, without grounding, we can, um, experience anxiety. This is where we can feel really spaced out, um, and, and unable to focus for uh, very long periods of time. This is where we start every project, but we don't finish any of them, right? And so uh, uh, the first thing that I work with with highly sensitive people is grounding, right? How do we um, allow ourselves to feel safe in our bodies? How do we pull that information down, okay? so. So, but this is where spiritual bypassing comes in. It's when we're either focused on the transcendent channel to the detriment of our lower chakra needs, or it's when we are, um, or, and or it's when we are highly sensitive and we're hanging out in the upper chakras and we actually bypass the work of grounding and just become more and more light, um, as in like unweighted right? More and more light and really more detached from the human world. And, and this, is, this just, is just really problematic. It's extremely damaging. Um, and it's damaging for a lot of reasons because in our human world, there are real institutional, cultural, societal biases that exist, and, and these biases work to oppress and marginalize any group that doesn't fit the norm, right? And the norm within our patriarchal society is male, white, cisgendered. So any group that strays from that norm is seen in kind of the collective consciousness and also in our laws and the way that um, we treat people on a day-to-day basis are seen as less than. And really, the further you stray from this norm, um, the, wor- the worse it is. So for example, like as a white woman, yeah, I face discrimination. We know that I get paid less in a, in a, work, in a workplace. 
Um, people listen to me less. Um, I'm interrupted more. All of those things. But I still have white privilege. Right? And I'm also able-bodied. And I'm also cisgendered. And so that, that also grants me a lot of privilege. Right? So if, if you're a white woman, um, but maybe you have a fat body, and I'm not using fat in a judging way at all, um, there's, there, could be, there can be more discrimination. And if you don't match traditional beauty standards, or if you're queer gendered, or, um, or, 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 right, moving further away from that norm, and then people of color, and particularly women of color, face some of the most, and particularly if they live in a disabled body, right? So there are institutionalized ways that these groups are marginalized, and, and trying to solve these problems from a disembodied uh, spiritual seventh chakra is not going to do anything, and in fact it's going to inflict more damage because we're often, um, spiritual white women are often telling um, women of color and, um, and other oppressed groups that, well, they just need to, you just need to change your mindset. You know, you're struggling because your mindset is bad. You're at a low vibration. That, that just, like, can we, that, just fuck that, okay? Yes, mindset's important. Of course mindset is important, absolutely. But it's not the most important. It is not more important because it's an upper chakra thingy than on the ground first chakra stuff. Women of color in this world are far less safe. They're, they're less safe in this world than we are. That's not a mindset issue. That's a, that's a real issue. So as spiritual people, and particularly as spiritual white people, we need to make sure that we are embodied and engaged in the real world, in these dense issues. Because it's, it, feels really, <laughs> it feels really light and good to be all about love and light and not about social justice and not about issues that are going on, right? And I've totally been there, by the way, and I'm kind of ashamed um, that I've been there, but that doesn't matter. My feelings don't really matter here. Um, to, you know, as a highly sensitive person, to just look away because it's too overwhelming. And, you know, we had a podcast with Elizabeth Rainey where we talked about resiliency and using self-care as a way to get back in the game. Using self-care as a way to do your work in the world, right? To, to find that bounce back and to get back into things. And so as I became um, or um, came able to understand that, uh, it's been really important for me um, to include this social justice lens. And honestly, I don't think we can have real spirituality without it. Because in, you know, if you are a spiritual person within a household, meaning you're engaged in the earth and you're interested in liberation, we have to all be liberated in order for real liberation to happen, which means you have to care about the people who are being marginalized and disenfranchised and, I mean, who are being killed, honestly, at, at extremely high rates. 
their liberation, the liberation of all people, must be important to you, particularly if you're a householder. And, you know, one of my, I, I worked, one of my teachers is Robert Bernberg, one of my yoga teachers, and, you know, something that he said is that a lot of, so I, I'm a, uh, a yoga scholar, and a lot of um, the information that came, that comes in yoga philosophy was not made for householders. It was designed um, and taught for uh, young men in ashrams. Right? Young men who are not engaging with the world, who, who need to keep their uh, you know, sexual needs under control because they're all um, in, a house, in a house together, and who are not engaging. That was not their goal. Their goal was not to engage. And so if we take those same teachings, those teachings of um, these, these sutras, which I, I think can also be applied to... Uh, the, the, the dense world, but if we take the way that those were taught um, to those who lived in ashrams and we apply them to us who are householders, we're going to result in spiritual bypassing. And so when we do that, you know, when we, when we inflict more pain and more trauma by spiritually bypassing around real, real world problems to real people, right? To people of color and, and people who have been marginalized and we tell them that it's just their mindset, we inflict more trauma and it has got to stop. It's got to stop. This is just one of the ways that I believe spirituality has been really colonized um, kind of in this white spiritual sisterhood tribe. <laughs> Can we just stop using the word tribe as white women, please? Um, you know, it's, I, I've used it before. I'm guilty of this, and I was wrong. We should not be using this word. It's a way that we colonize, that we, we just take. We just take from traditions that aren't ours. And, and, and to, be, um, to be fair, I think that we've been taught this. You know, we have this huge history as white people of colonizing, and this is kind of what we've learned to do. But that doesn't mean that it's right, and it doesn't mean that we can't do something better. And so we, we colonize and we appropriate. We take some sage here. You know, we take some uh, feathers there. We don't really pay attention to the whole um, tradition from where it came from. Now, some of us do, right? Some of us do. Some of us ha have learned uh, for, and, and been passed down these traditions, but most of us haven't, right? And so, um, yeah, we appropriate. Um, and, and this has to stop and we can do better. And so a lot of the myths that I've been referring to on social media come out of this way that we've been um, spiritually bypassing and kind of colonizing, what I'm calling the colonization of spirituality and spiritual traditions. Um, and so I'll just, I'm just gonna talk about, if you haven't been following my Instagram feed, um, you know, I've been, posting these posts, I call them spiritual myths. Um, and, and one of them is that your vibe attracts your tribe. 
And, and this is really similar to what I just said about you know, inflicting more trauma by using the mindset argument against somebody who has a lived experience that's really different from yours. And so your vibe affects your tribe is really kind of a dangerous platitude, and it's often used by spiritual white people. And it, it keeps hierarchical class systems in place by encouraging us to distance ourselves from those who have had different life experiences, right? So if we've lived a life of ease and privilege, right? Ease often is born out of privilege, not all the time, but all, often, you know, and then we meet somebody who has had a life um, really different from ours, faced a lot of oppression, faced a lot of trauma, a lot of discrimination. Yeah, their energy is going to feel different than ours. Absolutely it is. But that doesn't mean... <laughs> That doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't include, that we shouldn't listen, right? We're not very good at listening, spiritual white women. And so if we use this, that your vibe affects your tribe, saying that like anyone who is not my, my vibration is not my, my tribe, my, my people, then we're missing out on a humongous opportunity to learn. Something that Abigail Rose Clark said that really stuck with me is that, you know, as part of the um, original colonizers, white people, as part of that, we as spiritual white people, we don't have the answers. It's not us. It's the spiritual women of color who have the answers and we need to be listening to them. And so um, I, I guess I should mention that you know, I am, I'm doing a, I am doing my own work around this. I've um, worked with Abigail Rose Clark in her Dismantling White Supremacy course. Um, I am financially supporting the work of women of color. I am reading their posts. I'm listening to their podcasts. I'm listening. Right? And, and I'm not trying to say this to, um, to bolster myself in any way, so I'm sorry if it comes across that way. It's just that... Uh, uh, we need to be doing this work. We need to be doing the work. Another spiritual myth that's talked about is, um, and I have been part of this, this uh, group in the past, um, spiritual myth is that wealth is a reflection of the alignment of your soul. Right? There's groups out there that talk about, like, if you just get more in alignment, you just kick out your negative belief systems, you know, you just align more with source, you will be financially wealthy. And while I think that there are, are specks of that that are true energetically, that fails to address these institutionally, uh, institutionalized biases that are on the ground, right? It fails to address the fact that as a woman, I make less money than a man institutionally. It fails to address that a woman of color will make even less money institutionally. So, you know, again, telling somebody um, that, especially somebody who's of a more marginalized group than you, that it's on their head or it's their mindset or they've got negative belief systems <laughs> to get rid of, that's inflicting trauma. Let's not do that, 
Yeah, that one really gets to me. Really, really gets to me because, you know, part of my work is that I identify belief systems that aren't working, but I, I'm not going to call them a negative belief system. And if I have in the past, if I've ever used that language with you, I apologize. Because the thing that I've always noticed is that we have a belief system that we're running off of because at one point it worked for us. Because at one point it was the way that we needed to believe in order to survive. We wouldn't have a belief system running if it didn't benefit us in some way, right? And maybe it's just benefiting the ego. Fine, but there's still a benefit there. And so this whole idea of like negative belief systems versus positive belief systems, I I just don't really buy into that. I'm more into, okay, what is the belief and is it working for you? What's it doing for you? What's the effect that it's having on the ground? Right? And, and is it strong enough to push back against these dense institutionalized biases? One that's really getting me lately is that, uh, or a spiritual myth rather, that's getting me really lately is this like, I keep seeing all these t shirts that are like good vibes only, you know? And I just, um, I have to go to kickboxing when I see them because it just. <laughs> just really gets to me. Um, But there's this myth that, um, you know, anger, sadness, grief are quote-unquote negative emotions and give you a low vibrational energy. You know, again, with this high and low shit, the energy behind all emotions is neutral. Energy is neutral. We experience it. We experience some emotions as pleasant or blissful or joyful. And we experience other emotions as painful, challenging, you know, suffering. But we need to stop conflating, you know, the experience of the emotion as something that's bad and negative and gives us a a low vibration, which, you know, people are, are meaning as like, you're bad if you have that vibration. Emotions are information. They're information from your body right? Emotions live in your body, right? Candace Pert, The Molecules of Emotion, read that. Healing uh, Healing Through the Dark Emotions by Miriam Greenspan, read that. Emotions are neutral, or rather the energy behind emotions are neutral. But we learn at a really young age um, how to attach stories and, and what our experience and what Uh, sorry, what our experience of those emotions, quote, should look like and and kind of the, quote, um, appropriate ways to deal with them, right? And And I know that I grew up in an environment where... You know, when, when uh, you know, I was crying, my parents say, you're okay, you're okay, it's okay. No, I'm not okay. I'm crying. I'm sad. Right? And so this is something I've just been really conscious about with my son, where he's crying. I just, oh, I see you're so sad. I see how frustrated you are. I see how angry you are. <laughs> 
Yeah. Feels so big, doesn't it? It feels so big. Right? So when, you know, when we've learned to um, shut down our emotions, then we think of them. The story that's associated with it is that it's bad. But I don't see it necessarily, you know, if you're having the experience of anger, and particularly if you're doing something really positive with that anger, you're using it as a motivational force, you are, um, you know, uh, getting the anger out of your body through exercise, you know, something like that, you're helping it move, and, you know, emotions are there to move, move energy, um, then, no, that's not going to lower your vibration, you know, if you're stuck in an angry state and are not addressing your anger, um, you know, I, that's going to put you in a space that's not fun for anyone, right? And, and don't even get me started on the law of attraction. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, you know, while I think that some tenets of the law of attraction um, are energetically accurate. Um, the way that it's been popularized is really this way of saying, you know, if I do everything right, then the universe will bestow riches upon me. And so, you know, the clients that I've worked with who have really bought in to this kind of colonized law of attraction, um, it, become really disheartened when they work very hard to be spiritually perfect, which is not a thing, and aren't bestowed riches and aren't given any more ease and uh, because that's not how it works. And also, you know, this idea that like you act perfectly and the universe bestows riches upon you. I mean, where did those riches come from? That totally ignores how, um, you know, how goods and wealth is distributed. So again, we're spiritually bypassing through the law of attraction. I'm just going to end that right there um, so that I don't um, get so much anger in my body that I need to leave this podcast and go for a run. <laughs> so... Um, you know, in my photo shoot yesterday, I was um, talking to um, Heidi and Tara, and, you know, Tara said, so, so what does it mean to decolonize spirituality? You know, and I was like, that is a really good question. That is such a good question. And I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that we need to listen to women of color. Um, as white women, we need to talk less, which I know is ironic because I'm talking here. Um, but we need to talk less. We need to decenter our feelings. Our experience has been centered all over the fucking Western world. Well, all over the world. We need to lift up the voices of women of color. They have more answers than we do. Yeah, and I know that's hard for our egos to hear. It's hard for mine to hear, right? My ego loves to be considered an expert, but I'm not. So I don't know everything, but I know that that's a place to start. I think the other place is that we need to orient ourselves. We need to become spiritually responsible. So if you listen to Janelle Hardy's podcast, 
I believe that was episode six. She talked about us being in the time of great forgetting. And I thought this was just so poignant. You know, we've been taught to forget. Because as white people, we didn't do great things, right? So we've just been taught to forget it. You know, in our history books show, they only show like the great parts, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, you know, what comes out of a great forgetting is that, you know, I think as white people, we're, we're struggling to have some sort of connection, to have some sort of spirituality that resonates with, with us. And it's so easy to continue colonizing. It's so easy to just appropriate from different traditions that are kind of trendy, right? It, it, I mean, that's so easy. And so the, the becoming spiritually responsible is that we need, to, we need to understand where we come from and to stop stealing. And I've been doing this, and, uh, this work, and I'll tell you, it's difficult, right? We have forgotten. We don't keep good records, you know, my family doesn't know as many stories as I would thought they, you know, thought they do. So, you know, I'm digging up Ancestry.com and I'm, you know, I'm trying to learn about the different places my ancestors have come from. And it's, you know, it's a muddy process. It's not clear. Um, there are people out there to, to help you with this. And I should have some um, interviews coming up on the podcast. So, um, so, so anyway, keep your, stay posted. Um, but we have to dig. We have to be curious. We have to be persistent. We need to know who our ancestors are. This helps ground us because it, it, it orients us within our first chakra and our ties to our lineage and to our planet. Right? It's like super easy to hear about past lives and you know that may or may not be related to your actual human lineage. It's actually more difficult to come to terms with pain and trauma you may have, your ancestors may have inflicted. So we might not like what we see. And so, you know, we need to understand and face and come to terms with who our ancestors were so that we know it. And then we can choose to change that story, right? We can change the story of our name. But we need to do this work. We need to know who we came from. We need to know um, what traditions were ours. We can't change the story of our ancestry by kind of closing our eyes and sticking our fingers in our ears and then like stealing a dream catcher and a smudge stick and calling it good. It's not the way that it works. And then after we orient ourselves, you know, that will help ground us, but we, we need to learn to ground if there's one tool, you know, that I teach everyone, it's how do we ground? How do we get into our bodies? And there's, there's so many ways to ground. Um, I teach energetic means to learn how to ground. You can physically learn how to ground. Just get barefoot outside. You know, there are ways to psychologically ground, to emotionally ground. Because if we are householders and we're spiritual, then our spirituality must serve and uplift everyone, period. That's how it needs to work. Um, and, and yes, I think that um, 
inherently like we do this work for us like we absolutely do this work for us um, because we need it but if we have a belief that we are all one then we need to uplift everyone yeah and this is scary I get it you know to all of you highly sensitive people out there who are listening and going like, whoa, Anna, this sounds really scary. Yep, it is. It is. And, you know, like Elizabeth Gilbert said in Big Magic, she just, you know, I, I love working with fear this way. Like, she just says, hey, fear, thank you for your opinion. I'm going to do this thing anyway. Right, so, so this, this is just kind of a conversation starter, y'all, about um, what would it look like to decolonize spirituality? And I would love for all of you who are listening to write to me with your ideas, particularly women of color, Native women, um, I would, you know, First Nations women, I would really, really love to hear your thoughts. Um, your critiques of me if I've done anything offensive. Um, I'd love to be able to reflect on that uh, to move forward. Um, uh, But also knowing, too, I do not expect you to do this labor for us. This is our job. Um, This is our job. So so let's continue this conversation. Yeah, you can email me, Anna at sensitivityuncensored.com with your opinions, your critiques, your ideas, what will this look like? All right, everyone. Um, I know I'm a little bit late um, in this podcast, and I apologize for that. Um, But thank you so much for listening. I really, really have so much gratitude for all of you who have been listening and writing to me. Um, It's so fabulous to be able to connect with all of you. And if you enjoy this podcast and you would like it to continue, It would mean a lot to me for you to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and to rate us and leave a review on iTunes. Um, Because when you leave a review and you um, rate us, it helps this podcast get shown to more people. And we need more people. We need more people in uh, in this conversation. So I super appreciate that. And again, hope you have a fantastic weekend. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. For information on everything shared here, including show notes and links, visit www.sensitivityuncensored.com forward slash soul of sensitivity.